Hey world, welcome back to my podcast. This is episode 41. Hey, here we are once again, the weekly podcast. This is another, this is third, the third consecutive Friday edition of the podcast um, by me, your host, Ross Livermore. Welcome back for all the return customers and to all the new people who are listening to the podcast for the very first time. Welcome to the Hey World community. All are welcome here. This is a uh, open forum, even though I'm the only one in my room talking alone on the uh, into the microphone. This is an open forum, so you can comment in the live section, or you can hit me up at heyworldpodcast at gmail.com, or you can just you know hit me up on Facebook. I don't even know why I'm opening up the conversation, but why not? This is an open forum. The podcasting world is an open forum, and... Uh, we should uh, conquer the world together. A couple new shows coming up. March 23rd, Saturday, March 23rd at the Five Spot. I'll be playing with the band. Michael Kite is starting the night out, and we have a mystery uh, middle act that is a mystery because we actually haven't booked a third person yet. <laughs> but it's happening March 23rd. That's a Saturday night. It's the early show. It's going to be at 6 p.m. It's going to be great. I can't wait for that. And then um, April 5th. For all you New Englanders, we'll be up at Sugarloaf at the Widowmaker back one night only on Friday, April 5th. We're doing the Opera Ski, so we'll be doing like an afternoon set. And then uh, if you're hanging out at the mountain all weekend, we will be too for a good day. Uh, hopefully a good couple days of spring skiing up in Carabasset Valley, Maine. Can't get there from here. Oh, up Maine. Here's my... <laughs> She's my saw. She's shop. Um, we got to get Paul Dumas up on this podcast so he can do the main accent because I can't do it well. Anyway, uh, those are the two upcoming shows that I have. There's a bunch of random performances around Nashville. Um, and other than that, uh, check out the Hey World playlist on Spotify and um, rosslivermore.com for all the dates and uh, all of the music information and stuff about me and the band and everything we have going on. Always at rosslivermore.com. I keep it updated uh, pretty frequently. So check that out. Thank you for tuning in to Hey World episode 41. This is the podcast where everyone is a member and everyone is welcome. Let's do it. And welcome back to another riveting episode. Is this coming out of the speakers? No. A riveting episode of my podcast called Hey World. This is episode 41. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you are on Facebook and you watch it on Facebook or you watch it on Instagram, um, like Fran tuning in. First one to tune in on Instagram. What's up, buddy? Um, right up above me on the Facebook page. Um, there's a couple links to SoundCloud and iTunes. If you like the podcast or you're interested in uh, hearing about what I have going on here in Nashville, click those links. You can listen to the full podcast in your car. You can start it. You can stop it. You don't have to just like watch the whole thing right through. Um, and if you like it, maybe give it a little uh, a rating. Like if I was your Uber driver, um, maybe give me five stars or four. Because it averages out to like 4.9. And that's still pretty good. 
Um, that's actually my Uber rating because um, when I first moved to Nashville, I drove for Uber and I actually looked at the app. I turned it on the other day and I did a couple deliveries just because I was like coming back from a gig in Brentwood, which is south of Nashville. And I figured if I had to go back to Nashville, maybe I could get a ride, make a quick 10 bucks to go to the direction I was going anyways. And I ended up picking up an order of Chinese food for some guy who lived right downtown. I made like 13 bucks to just go back to Nashville. It was great. And I didn't even have anyone in my car. Um, so I did another one, 20 bucks. Boom, boom, boom. 4.9 Uber rating. I've done like 280 rides. I don't really do it anymore, but I like to keep the app updated just in case I have to like go somewhere. Maybe I can catch someone on the way. You know, try to be efficient with my uh, usage of the car and my direction. So that's what I do. So if you want to tune in or you want to uh, listen in your car, you should um, click the links above and maybe give me a four or five rating. I feel like this podcast that I do is within the... I, I, I mean, if I was a listener, I would probably give it a four. And I would only give it a five once I hit 100 episodes and I actually get like decent at it, you know? I think right now I'm like getting better. Like I listen to this. I've listened to a couple episodes like this one. And I think 39 was pretty good. The last one was no good um, compared to like episodes one and two. And like, man, I sucked. I It's 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 amazing to listen back. It's just like, I mean, 41 episodes. I've done them pretty much weekly. Which means, Walter, what's happening, dude? Um, I'm coming up on a year of doing this podcast, 41 episodes. I got to get to 52 for a year. I skipped a couple weeks in there somewhere, but that's crazy. I never even thought about that. I'm coming up on a year of doing this. Anyways, welcome back. If you want to listen in your car, subscribe above, um, on Facebook. If not, if you're on Instagram, like DFran um, and Walter, you can go to uh, the iTunes podcast store and just look up Hey World with Ross Livermore and it's all there. Um, I don't know why I'm promoting my own podcast on the podcast, but I figured there's a separation between uh, the listeners who subscribe and there's the watchers on the live feed. So um, actually, if you listen in your car too and if you listen to the podcast, like the uh, people who subscribe, there's some bonus stuff at the beginning. I do like an intro and talk about some shows that I've coming up, blah, 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 blah. So subscribe to it. Um, you know what album I'm really into right now? And I'll tell you why. It's Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Have you guys listened to this album? I know it came out in 87. I was three. But man... Welcome to the Jungle, opening track off the debut album from Guns N' Roses. I don't know if there is a better opening song from a band or artist's debut album ever in the history of music other than Welcome to the Jungle. It is absolutely crazy. This like, uh, I drank way too much coffee today, so I'm just pumped up. But um, yeah, it's it's nuts. 
Like, this is a brand new band. No one's ever heard of them before. And they just come out with Welcome to the Jungle. It's absolutely insane. So badass. I don't know. I don't, sorry. I'm just psyched up. I actually listen. <laughs> it's crazy though. Like that's their first song off their first album ever. And like they followed up with, I mean, like Night Train Kicks Ass, Mr. Brownstone, Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine. I was running yesterday listening to Sweet Child of Mine and I literally started running faster because the song just made me so pumped up when I was running. It's insane. Like that opening friggin' lick. I don't know. Where is it? It's not loading. Come on now. Just Slash, Guns N' Roses. It's just an iconic band and they get me, uh, I don't know. So the reason why I've, I've really into this album is because I've been trying to learn like guitar solos. I've just been like working on my guitar playing. And I, uh, on my Instagram, I posted a video of me learning um, Two Princes, the Two Princes solo by the spin doctors and i was so i was talking to my cousin ian and we just mentioned about like some 90s music and stuff and he's like yeah i'll I'll send you over some like cool 90s solos so i just like started googling 90s solos best solos from the 90s and number two on the list was november rain um which i don't know if anyone has i mean people that are my age has They've probably seen the music video. It's it's an incredible music video. This is one thing about music that kind of bums me out right now is like there's such a level of self-awareness that if you do something crazy in your music video, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, he's such a jerk. But like sometimes you just need to like fly in a church to the desert and take your shirt off and do a guitar solo in front of it in the music video with like helicopters like blowing wind and sand all over the place, you know, and that just doesn't happen right now in, in 2019. Um, or like, you know, Creed videos. Sometimes you just have to like sing the chorus of uh, arms wide open at the top of a mountain, you know, but you don't see that in music videos anymore because all these artists are goddamn too self-aware, you know, sometimes you just got to kick some ass out there and just you know, forget about the rest. Anyways, um, so I started learning November Rain, and then that kind of just sent me down the Guns N' Roses rabbit hole, and I, I've been really into uh, the Appetite for Destruction album, um, which is just, it's so good. It is, uh, they're just such, such a good band. I don't know. I didn't really get into the Use Your Illusion records yet, and I feel like... I don't know. Appetite for Destruction is just like... That's one thing that probably sucks about having your first album be so good. It's like, it's really... How do you... Uh, how do you follow that up, you know? I actually think about this, and I don't... I, I'm not going to... I know what you're going to say. Ross is going to compare Hozier to, Hozier to Guns N' Roses, but I'm not going to... I think about that often, because like when Hozier came out, 
with like, uh, what was it Take Me to Church? And that whole album was huge. He went from nobody to like selling out Red Rocks on his first album. And I, I often think like with artists that get that big um, off their first records, um, what is that? I thought Appetite for Destruction was a Music Row reference. Maybe. Like Music Row in Nashville? Maybe. That would be funny. I mean, some of the newer, I guess some of the newer rock, like country music is kind of headed towards that like that rock sound, but I mean it's not as cool. Not even close. It I mean, I guess it's whatever. But um but yeah, I, I, like when artists come out and they just get so big so fast, I wonder like how that, if that's really like, I mean, is is that really good for their career? You know, I have no idea if it is. Wait, are you saying that that record was recorded in Studio B? That would be crazy. I don't think it was. I can just, oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Ben Folds was like a big advocate for, that's one thing that you see, you see here in Nashville. I know in Boston, like a bunch of venues were closing down, but I feel like people just like forget about what made the city cool in the first place, you know? And they're just like, let's just put up some high price condos and make a ton of money. But they forget that like, you know. Dolly Parton recorded I Will Always Love You in uh no I it's not a bad joke it was not a bad joke at all it's just it's like texting you know what I mean like stuff gets lost in translation man Tina is downstairs just barking and I think she wants to go out I'm just gonna shut the door though because I'm the human and she's the dog and she's operating on my watch for those of you who don't know who Tina is, she is uh, my dog. Um, anyways, did anyone watch the Grammys? Judging by the ratings, not a lot of people did. I actually did. And it was fine. I think um, I talked about it last week. There was this whole Ariana Grande um, debacle. <laughs> I I disagree with that, Jimmy. <laughs> But there was the Ariana Grande thing and she bailed on the performance because they were trying to, you know, muscle her into doing songs that she didn't want to do. Whatever. The Grammys were like, you know, it's always fine. Um, one thing that really actually bummed me out, and this is just kind of bumming me out in general about watching like network TV, which I have kind of um, eliminated for my life. Chris Matsoulis, the Greek hammer tuning in on Facebook. What's up, dude? Um, it's like, there's just, is, do, does there really need to be this many advertisements and commercials during an award show or like a championship game? It's so frustrating. Oh, I knew that was a joke. Luke Bryan is the greatest country artist ever said no one, <laughs> unless you're a fan of his people like him. I don't know. But, um, it's incredible how many commercials. It's like, you realize you could just like cut out, I don't know, a third of those commercials and you'd still probably be making millions. But like the, th the and like the reason why 
it pissed me off is not because the actual commercials is because the best acceptance speech was from Drake. I don't know if he won. I think he won best rap song for God's plan, which I I actually really like that song. Um, But he was giving this acceptance speech and he was saying, um, he's basically saying like, if you're an artist or a band or a rapper and you are making music and you're making a living and you're like a hero in your hometown and people are coming out to see you play, you've already won. Like you don't need this trophy to tell you that you've won the award. If you're creating music that you like and doing it with people that you love, you've won you've won the prize. So he was giving this like really insightful, really good speech inspiring to like younger artists and they didn't play the music to like cue them off stage. They literally just went to commercial and cut it off right in the middle of his speech. Like no like smooth transition or like orchestra you know when they orchestra people off the stage none of that they just cut him off and it was like all right like that's that's where they kind of like i don't know that's where the grammys lost me it was like this guy who is clearly like one of the most influential artists of the year clearly like killing it on the streaming his album like i think he had like the top 10 streamed songs when uh when his record came out what was it called? i don't even remember what it was called but um Yeah, it's crazy. And they just cut him off. And then they say, Ariana Grande, you can't perform, even though you are easily the most streamed artist on all platforms all year. Number one. And then they they cut off and like they had some sort of Apple commercial with her song Seven Rings, which was really funny. Um <laughs> Drake, yeah. <laughs> Soldier Boy made Drake who he is. Maybe. The pride of Toronto. The only fan of the Toronto Raptors gets cut off by the Grammys. It was a bummer because it's like, you know, love him or hate him, he had a great speech. And the Grammys were just like, oh, no, we just need to sell you more uh, Burger King, McDonald's, and all these other crappy advertisements. It's like the show is probably like 90 minutes long, but they make you sit there for four hours. It's like, it's crazy. And they wonder why their ratings are declining. And I think the Grammys are cool. You know, like, I feel like I was talking about this today with a friend of mine. Like, I think the Grammys in my generation and older is still kind of important, you know? But like people who are 25 and younger, they don't give a shit about the Grammys at all. It's just kind of like another award show where all these rich people are just going to like sing and all their, the artists that they like are just not even involved in it at all. Even the biggest ones, like Drake gets cut off for commercials and Ariana Grande is not even at the show. It's just a bummer. There's just like a disconnect with the music that is actually like huge right now. Oh, Tina's whining at the door. I'll be right back. Come on. All right, she's here. Just craving attention, this dog. This friggin' dog. Um. So yeah, that's my thought on the Grammys. 
I still think the show is cool. I think the award is still prestigious, but I wish they would uh, be a little more in tune with the younger viewers, not just cater to like people who still think they can't just like stream the good performances online, you know? Because that's what happens anyways. Like, no one watches it because they just, like, go on some blog post and they're just like, all right, who won Best Country Artist? Who won Album of the Year? Who won Record of the Year? And they read through the list and they say, oh, cool. And then, like, if they hear about a performance, um, they'll just watch it on YouTube. They don't have to watch the show and they don't have to, like, sit through all the commercials. But I did because I had nothing going on on Sunday night. Um, A couple performances that were, like, incredible, though. Brandy Carlisle crushed it. If you're listening, you should tune in. Um, go on YouTube and watch her performance. She did the joke. It was incredible. Um, I actually love Camila. And she uh, opened the show. She was incredible. And Ricky Martin came out with this mustache. That was a good performance, I thought. And then um, I thought the Post Malone thing was cool until like friggin' I, I, Red Hot Chili Peppers just... I like the band. I just live. They are just, they never do it for me. So that was like a weird thing, but I mean, he came off cool. I think, I think post Malone's cool. Um, what other performances were there? Um, Casey Musgraves. Uh, he does look homeless. Casey Musgraves killed it. And I'm actually, you know, I have to say Paul Dumas is the witness. I told him when I was home in December, I said, Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour is going to win Album of the Year. And who won? Casey Musgraves. I called that one. Um, I was just happy that... Um, I just I, That album, front to back, is just incredible. And I'm really happy that she won. Um, and it's funny because the, the head of the Grammys last year was like, all right, all you women, you need to step it up. And then this year, like, the winner of Album of the Year was Casey Musgraves, and her won Best R&B Album, and it was just, I don't know. It was a great year for women on the Grammys. They did a big tribute to Dolly Parton. Um, But, I mean, then they also were trying to bully Ariana Grande. So it's weird, but I don't know. There were some good performances. There were some bad performances. And uh, overall... Maybe maybe dial back the commercials. I feel like you're making enough money and you can just dial it back. Um, I ran... <laughs> I had a, I had a um, really funny moment the other day. If you know me, you know that I love the band Dawes. Dawes is killing it. They're a... Uh, kind of like Jackson Brown. They say like Laurel Canyon type deal just like a four-piece band um taylor goldsmith and uh his brother griffin goldsmith are the singer and the drummer anyway they're a great band you should check them out but um they just played in nashville the last couple days at the ryman and uh we couldn't go but i went to meet a friend of mine at a bar here called red door and i'm walking in and who's walking out the singer taylor of dawes and he's on the phone right this happens sometimes here, like you just bump into like a kind of famous person and you don't really like, no, that's why I like it here. Like no one really bothers these people. They're just kind of hanging out and I'm sure that they kind of like it too. Cause like whatever. So I, I was walking in 
and he was walking out. He was on the phone, but he wasn't talking. I think it was ringing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Taylor Goldsmith. What do I say? I love him. I love this band. I've seen them like five times. And uh, so I, I'm in my head, I'm like, just don't say anything. He's on the phone. He doesn't want to be bothered. You're going to say something stupid anyways, because you always do that. And uh, <laughs> so I decided the best thing to do <laughs> would be to smile and give him like a thumbs up. <laughs> so I walk up to him. He's on his phone. I walk by and I'm just like, look at him right in the eyes. And I just go. <laughs> just thumbs up. And he kind of gives me a nod like. Cool. And just just walks away. And it was like the funniest moment. Because I walk by. I'm like, you idiot. You, I can't believe you just gave him a thumbs up and smiled. But in the grand scheme of things, it was probably better than being like, hey, man. I'm a big fan of the band. When he's like on the phone, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. It was, it was such a funny little interaction though. And I told Emma and she's like, you are such an idiot. But I would take like someone smiling and giving the thumbs up and kind of giving a goofy look over being like, you've changed my life for the better. And I found your band at a very important time in my life. And he's just like, cool, man. I'm just trying to like go back to my hotel and the Uber is lost. Um, and then it just turns in this really weird interaction, you know what I mean? But, oh man, it was so funny. So funny. Oh man. Anyway. Did you guys read the Ryan Adams article? There's an article that came out on the New York Times on the 13th. Where is it here? And it is just not looking good for old, old Ryan Adams. He was like, just hanging fame over these aspiring artists. He would like hit up these girls on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, and just be like, yeah, I love your music. We should work together. And then just trying to have relationships with them. And one of the girls was underage. It's tough when you read these articles. Yeah. New York times. It was out. Um, what's the article called? It's called like Ryan Adams dangled success. Women say they paid the price. Several women say Adams offered a jumpstart to their music careers, then pursued them sexually, and in some cases retaliated when they sp spurned when they spurned him. He denies the claims. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> Tremley. You know what's funny? He actually in the article they quote him in the article talking to the first girl, the youngest girl, and he says, "You can't show anyone these texts. They're gonna think I'm R. Kelly." No joke, dude. In the actual article, he says that. That's a quote from one of his texts to the girls. That's so funny that you just said that. Um, yeah, he's not looking good, though. It's crazy, though. Like, I, I have been a fan of Ryan Adams for a long time. I've seen him a couple times. And, like, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. I was trying to click on the iPad with my mouse, but the doesn't go across. Um, I mean, the dude, like, it's it's crazy when you... <laughs> when you Listen to his music. I mean, he clearly... Yeah, where is it? I got to find it in here. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 
This is this is actually in the article. It says days later, Adams expressed his anxiety. He goes, he goes. If people knew, if people knew, they would say I was like R. Kelly. LOL. That's a quote from his text. <laughs> um, but it turns out the girl that he was talking to was was like fourteen at the time, and he was like in his thirties. It's a tough. This is a tough article because like he was trying to like. Do some like some cyber stuff over FaceTime and Skype, but he didn't like technically do anything like rapey, you know, but he was like acting really weird. It's like, I don't know. It's, but if you, if you listen to his music and you followed his career, like he's clearly had a very like hostile relationship with women. Not that that is any type of like defense of him, but like, this is just... It's a bummer because, you know, I love Ryan Adams. I've loved his music for a long time, but it's sad. You can't treat women like this, guys, no matter how famous you are. One of the funny, actually funny parts, they talk about his marriage to Mandy Moore, which is ironic because Mandy Moore is now married to Taylor Goldsmith, who I ran into and gave the thumbs up to the other night. But there's a funny quote like she was talking about her music career and her in her 20s and how he was going to help her out and they were writing together and like all of this stuff he's they're talking about his like crazy sexual relationships with these girls and how he was like holding fame over their head and he's actually married to mandy moore and one of the things that he said to her is you're not a real musician because you don't play an instrument and like all of the other stuff doesn't matter. Like, that's the one thing that she seems pissed about in this article. And it's just kind of like, if you're mad about that, you might not actually be a musician. But this bums me out. I don't know. I immediately texted Emily Dumas, who I've seen Ryan Adams with a few times. And it's it's sad, you know? These guys that you kind of like hold on a pedestal and then they just like, use their fame and their influence to uh to do shitty things it's really sad um but you know i hope he can learn from this and i hope uh i hope this doesn't ruin his career this is the thing that sucks like you know an article comes out and you find out that he's kind of a shitty guy and then he gets just completely exiled you know it happens all the time and I just I hope that he and these women and all of these people can just move on from this when they are done healing and uh, be better because of it. You know what I mean? I don't feel like, I don't know, I think everyone deserves a second chance, you know? But we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I got to say, though, this article is not painting him in a very good light. Which, I mean, like, he's he's kind of a fucked up guy, you know? He's always kind of been a little bit of a crazy guy. I know, right? I just saw that they were opening up that investigation. Because it looks like both of the states, like she was in Ohio, this girl Ava, and he was in New York, and both of the states, like, the stuff that he was doing is a felony, one of the things that this uh, 
article says that like different states have different laws for like cyber, um, like s- sexual usage. I don't even know what the term is, but apparently it's very illegal in Ohio and it's very illegal in New York. And those were the two states. So I don't know. We'll see. It's not, not looking good for old Ryan Adams though. Sad. Very, very sad. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. But man, that R. Kelly quote in the article, you know, that's kind of that's kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Got to be better than that, Ryan Adams. You got to be better than that. Um. Anyway, let's get off this depressing stuff. Let us move on. Yeah, dude. I don't know where it's legal. I mean, it's not right. But, I mean, if the FBI is involved... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Sad. It's a bummer. But let's move on to something a little a little happy. What's that? Dude, yeah. When you refer to yourself as maybe being the R. Kelly in the situation. <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. Anyway, yeah, let's move on to something a little more happy, like Appetite for Destruction, one of the greatest rock and roll bands, albums of all time. I think what I'm going to do is actually post a video of me maybe trying to get through that November Rain solo, which, dude, Slash... I think they're like such a, like these Brock bands have become such a ridiculous like caricature of themselves, you know, like Axl Rose wearing catchers, fucking catchers protectors and slash and his whole, his whole persona that like you forget that they're actually incredible bands and their songs are really good. Like I've been listening to that song Night Train on Appetite for Destruction. I don't know. Just on repeat that song and thank you next. My playlist right now is like, thank you, next, Ariana Grande, Night Train, Guns N' Roses, and anything off the Camila album. I'm still like pretty pumped up about Havana, which if there's one takeaway from this podcast, you should go and listen to and watch Camila's performance on the Grammys, Brandi Carlisle's performance on the Grammys, and um, listen to the entire uh appetite for destruction record front to back um a, a lot of these guys try to make them yeah but back then it was like cool you know like you watch that you watch november rain what's that and sometimes i think it takes yeah maybe you're right but like it's it's crazy like being a band back then like it was kind of everything, you know? 
it's like the image and the and the music and the songs and like everything kind of came together in a in a in an awesome way. I mean, I can't imagine that like there wasn't like an incredible amount of ego in Guns N' Roses. Like, do you ever watch the Metallica behind the music? And they're talking about that like performance where Guns N' Roses, they were opening for Guns N' Roses and they like re- like Axel refused to go on stage and people rioted and like destroyed the arena. Like that's kind of become this folklore of rock and roll. And you look back and you're like, fuck yeah, rock bands were so badass. But it's like at the end of the day, like Axl Rose screwed over like 15,000 people that spent their own money and took time out of their own day to like go see the band. So they were so pissed that they just started like destroying the arena. Like how much damage was done because he's just like, I don't feel like going on tonight. You know, it's crazy. It was crazy, but yeah, it's kind of become this folklore with bands like that. But at the end of the day, like just like they're acting like dicks, you know, I think that's one thing about music now that is like I talk about like how people are a little more self-aware and it might be like ruining cool music videos, but also like it is way better for the music industry. He said, I think it was because his throat hurt. That's why he didn't go on stage. The The interview. Oh, dude. Yeah. The ultimate diva. Because it was Jason Newstead was in it, and he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, Axl Rose was just sitting there drinking wine, smoking cigarettes, being like, yeah, my throat hurts. I'm not going on stage. And they rioted. I think I don't know where it was. It was like it was somewhere in Canada. I want to say it was Montreal, but I don't know if that's right. But yeah, rock and roll, which is crazy. You read this Ryan Adams article and look back at all of the shit these other bands did. And you're like, man, they got away with murder. All every rock band until like the internet was just getting away with the fucking worst stuff. It's, it's like, you know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll thing, but it's like, you guys were not really treating everybody with respect, you know? And that's why like, when you see this stuff, it's like it's an artist who is respected and well-known, but that doesn't mean you can just like abuse your power, you know? So we're definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah, dude, how many skeletons in their closet does every band from the 80s have, you know? I can only imagine the shit that they were pulling off. And like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like become like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It became this, you know, it's like, before the internet, like you didn't have access to these bands, you know, like now, like I'm an aspiring artist and I have a podcast where I talk to you every week and like, you just see pictures and like people are going live every week and they're just like, you, they're letting you into their lives. But like these bands, you got nothing. So you just like these stories, it was like a big game of telephone, you know what I mean? Like someone like trashed a hotel room and eventually it like turned into like they, you know, they burn the whole like hotel down or something. You know what I mean? It just like turns into this rock and roll folklore that like kind of like 
like travels with the band and it, it just it in a way that it just doesn't exist anymore you know which is probably a good thing i know it's a good thing but it's interesting you know the stuff that we would like praise back in the 80s now it's like all right that most of that stuff was not good yeah they were untouchable the days of like the rock star as they were, I think, are over. Yeah. You know? I think, I don't think, I don't think the, uh, I still, I don't know, I don't know about you, Trembly, but like, I still get the same like, excitement when I go see shows. You know? The shows might not be like, arena shows, and the, the bands might, might not be like, you know, Guns and Roses size, but, like Dawes, for example, a band I was just talking about. Like, when I go to see them, like it's it affects my life, you know. And uh, like I remember seeing Ryan Adams at one point, and like he played solo at the Orpheum, and he opened with "Oh My Sweet Carolina," and then like everyone was talking over the song. So like four or five songs later, he's like, "I'm just gonna play that first song again," because you guys were all talking about it being disrespectful, and I it, like. I was like, shit, I've never actually seen someone do something like that. And he's just like, he was just like a notorious dickhead at his shows, you know? Um, but like, you know, you get this, this like allure about you because you, you do stuff like that. Same with like, uh, like Wilco always has those crazy stories. But at the end of the day, when you're killing it, you need to treat everybody with respect from the top down. And uh, when you don't, bye, bitch. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't. Uh, it's one of the things that's sad about like kind of getting a look behind the curtain in a way is that like I see a lot of people who are musicians and they're like professional musicians. And, like, they can't just enjoy shows anymore. They're just like, oh, my God, like, check out that back line. Oh, my God. Like, they just talk about, like, all these fucking, like, stuff that I don't really want to talk about when I'm going to see a band. I just want to, like, enjoy the moment. Um, and I think people who are involved in the industry sometimes forget why they got into it in the first place. That's why you need to be playing and uh, performing with people who you love and who are your friends because when you don't it just it, it turns it turns into just like a stupid job um and you forget about why you got into it into the first place um but i got into it so i could rock dude hell yeah and play six solos like slash that's why i'm trying to learn all these solos so i can be like so I can rock a little harder on stage. Actually, since I've been practicing, though, I've like felt more comfortable on stage, and uh, it's definitely affected my performances in uh, in a better way, and that's exciting. So practice, keep playing, treat people with respect, and listen to goddamn Appetite for Destruction because it kicks ass. And uh, since Tremblay's tuning in, listen to Thrice because they're still awesome. Just tear it up um, and subscribe to the Hey World podcast because I'm here weekly talking about music stuff.
and uh, constantly delivering you hot takes from 736 Vernon in Nashville, Tennessee. Actually, we might move. We might be moving in April because there is a big development happening here. There is a chance that uh, my friend Bob might move down to Nashville. There's a chance. He's interviewing with Apple down here. So we'll see. I really like our apartment though. It'll be sad to leave here if we do, but um it's it'll be it'll be uh it'll be awesome cuz our first apartment just totally sucked. And uh Now this apartment's good and I'm sure our next place will be better. So it's growth. 3 years in Nashville, 3 and a half years in Nashville and uh just moving forward. Just dropping hot fire takes on you weekly. I'm going to try to get on the podcast again on Tuesday because um, then I can more, I'm more active during the weekend and I can like, you know, all my hot takes are fresher at the beginning of the week. (laughs) Friday, I'm just starting to phone it in, you know, but it's content. It's It's the world full of content. I'm just another 34 year old white guy with a podcast. You know what I mean? But anyway, I think that's probably a good place to uh, to wrap it up here. What do you say? Anyway, uh, so here, uh, once again, if you're interested, subscribe, iTunes, SoundCloud. Go to rosslivermore.com for all of my performance dates. And um, check out my music on Spotify, along with the Hey World um the Hey World playlist on Spotify as well. Subscribe to that. And I'm going to actually update that with some new music. I haven't really updated it in the last couple weeks. So check that out. And um, have a great weekend, everybody. I would say go Pats, but they're already champs. And it's the offseason. And the NFL draft is in Nashville. I just found this out. So maybe we'll see some of you Patriots fans. Yeah, exactly. People hate on Felger and Maz, but I love Felger and Maz my favorite show you know um so maybe i'll see some of you patriots fans in the offseason down here in nashville for the nfl draft chris miller you just missed it trembly i love you i'll see you later just about to sign off i'll see you guys next week have a good weekend friday saturday we'll see you next week okay bye